When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. Willow Smith, now just Willow, has, because of her very famous parents, been in the limelight from birth. Her identity, for the most part, was thrust on her. And from the outside looking in, most would say she's been living a charmed life. At her core, though, Willow seems to get that she's just another human being floating on a rock in the middle of space with billions of other rocks and balls of cosmic energy, and that nobody knows shit about anything. Willow's been on a soul-searching mission since her last album, Ardipithecus. It's been virtually impossible to scroll through TikTok the last few years without hearing the lyrics to the album's second single, Wait A Minute, which goes, Hold on, wait a minute, I left my consciousness in the sixth dimension. Since then, she's become more self-assured. Once floating, Willow is now sinking into the deepest parts of self and sound, revisiting bands like Crowbar, Lamb of God, and Radiohead, and creating music with producer Chris Griati, best known for his work with Poppy and Pussy Riot. On the heels of a tour with Machine Gun Kelly, which also featured Avril Lavigne, Trippy Red, and Travis Barker, Willow's been diving back into her punk aesthetic. She's challenged her voice and emotional threshold in the process, especially during the making of her fifth studio album, Coping Mechanism, out tomorrow. As powerful as she sounds on her latest single, Curious Furious, it's clear her soul-searching hasn't quite ended. And this time around, she finds herself face-to-face with old demons. She is, she told the faders Jassy Williams curtly a few weeks before the new album's release, in her villain era. Willow also opened up about detachment, growing pains, her new recording process, and how sparks of neon energy helped her push through the black void of heartbreak. Hello, Miss Willow. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm I'm so happy to be doing this. Same. I'm definitely happy we are able to make it happen. You've been doing a lot, I've seen. Oh man, nonstop. It's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, but but I'm 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 getting exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely need a vacation after this, but tell me how your week's been. My week has been really amazing. I'm just getting so much beautiful, amazing news, and my gratitude levels are just through the roof. I, I just can't wait for people to hear the new album. And I, I'm just I'm just through the roof. As am I, as am I. I saw yesterday you performed at the Grammy Museum, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. That that was uh, uh I was so stressed. I feel like I have this this like feeling of being amongst like such beautiful, like musical iconography. And I just felt uh really unworthy um at them in the moment. But then I was just like, you know what? You're here and you're gonna you're gonna put your heart on the stage and that's all that matters. Well you deserve to be there. You wouldn't be there unless you deserve to be there. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. You were talking about the iconography. What exactly did you see that that sparked those feelings of like, wait a minute? There were just so many iconic outfits and just so many beautiful videos just on loop all around. And honestly, because I was trying to keep my mind right and I didn't want to go down the black hole of just like, oh my gosh, like I'm not iconic at all. I kind of just went into my room and did a little meditation, did my vocal warm up and and I just needed to get get myself together, you know? Do you usually meditate when you're feeling like that? Like on the road, I'm sure things are are super stressful, this tour. Oh man, I mean, you have to. I mean, I have to just just to keep my keep my anxiety in check it and and to keep my gratitude. Like gratitude, it carries me through everything. Like when I'm feeling like things aren't going well or when I feel like, you know, I could just be doing better, I'm always just like, you know what? Let me just tap into the fact that I'm even grateful to be able to do music in the first place and let me just tap into the fact that I'm just grateful that people care at all. And that always brings me back to to my center. Is that your gratitude mantra? My gratitude mantra is just like, I accept everything that comes to me, good and bad, with equal love. And I and I always try to just say that, say that to myself and be in that neutral state while but a neutral, compassionate state. I'm getting that tatted, just so you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into some music talk. So Curious Furious dropped this month. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you so much. So first, listen, I'm hearing themes of duality and transmutation, but in your own words, what life experience birthed this track? I think Curious Furious really came from a place of, you know, I've always been so curious about the underlying truth of life. Even in my older music, when when I was when I was super young, talking about just like spirituality and wanting to know the source of all things and just really getting connected to that. I feel like The furious part comes in when these painful experiences come into your life in order for you to learn, um, in order for you to really fully realize that underlying truth of reality. And, you know, I'm super curious about those things. But when that pain comes in, I'm like, "Mm, do I really want to learn this lesson? Um, But obviously, I do want to learn this lesson. Uh, So, yeah, I feel like it was just that dichotomy of wanting to know these things, but also feeling like the pain is so great um, to actually learn these lessons. Can you be specific? What lessons are are what lessons are you learning right now? Detachment. You know, we we do so much work in our lives, in our careers, in our relationships, and I feel like there's a part of us that truly wants it to be permanent. That truly wants all of our hard work to be permanent, but it. It really isn't. And that's kind of a beautiful part about it. Like, you know, we we build these sandcastles and and we should have fun building them. But the ocean is always going to come and and you're always going to have to make a new sandcastle. And I feel like that's a painful realization. uh, And that makes me furious. But I'm curious as to how I can learn to adapt to that nature and flow with that nature. I love how you just dropped that in there, the curious furious. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so what songs on the album have been the most interesting re- to record? Uh, Coping Mechanism, uh, the title track, came a little bit later. And it was kind of hard to sing. Like, like that. the chorus part just took a lot of vocal dexterity that I, I was just like, okay, I really need to focus on this and I, and I really want to kill this. It was a very interesting recording that because all of the songs kind of came supernaturally. But this one, I really had to think and be like, okay, let me, let me tap into that technique because if I don't, this is not going to go as well as I want it to go. So that, that was one of the songs where I really had to tap into my vocal technique like really strong. Is there anything else about that song that was maybe difficult for you? The first lyrics of that song, fun fact, I'm so sick of myself. My mind is a breeding ground for unhealth. The walls are talking and the voices in my head are screaming out loud. I wouldn't say that going into those deep, dark parts of me is hard, but I I would say that, you know, I haven't in the past kind of delved into that. I feel like in the past I wanted to look more into the light and be like, oh, like, what can we do to be better and what can we do to— and this is still what is at my core, but I honestly feel like shadow work is really important sometimes, and we can't be afraid of the shadows. We have to to accept them and make them our friends in order to bring them into the light, and I think— that was kind of what I was doing with this whole album in a way. Well, I I wish you the best on that journey. I know that that's definitely a lifelong journey. Oh yes, oh yes. But I'm I'm happy to see you putting it into your art and and I resonate with it. And I'm sure a lot of people are resonating with it as well and are excited for this new album. And that's all that matters. Like, I just want people to feel seen and heard and just cradled when when they when they listen to my music or or any or consume any art that I make. I just want people to feel seen and not alone. So including the title track, is there anything else that has been interesting to record for you? Oh man. Interesting to record. I mean let's be honest. This whole album was interesting to record. Let's start with the fact that I I didn't want to really start making an album so soon after Lately I Feel Everything. And, you know, when when me and Chris met, Chris Griotti, the, the producer of the album, I told him, I was like, you know, I don't really want to, I just kind of want to chill out and, and vibe out. Like, I don't really want to make an album right now. Um, and the first song we made was Why. And I kept on telling him, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really vibing this, but I think we should just keep it chill. I think we should just, you know, vibe it out. And then we made Maybe It's My Fault. And I was like, oh, shit, this is fantastic. I want I want to make a full album that are just little babies of this mother song. That's always how it goes for me. Like, I feel like whenever I make an album, I always have to make one song that encapsulates the feeling of of what I want to recreate in that album. And maybe it's my fault was definitely was definitely that song for me. 
Okay, Willow, we wasn't there, so I'm gonna need you to walk us through the road from why to maybe it's my fault. Okay, so so <laughs> so okay, walk you through the road of like just what what happened, like in reality. I mean, something had to spark where you're like, okay, I'm making an album now. I mean, I knew why was a good song. Like I knew that it was good, but I it wasn't like that mother song. Like it didn't it. I didn't feel like it could birth babies. So when we got into the studio the second time, I was very emotional. There there were a lot of feelings that were very uncomfortable coming up in the studio. And I kind of feel like that anxiety and that kind of like uncomfortability went kind of into the production because I told Chris, I was like, I, I, I just want it to be harder. Like, can we just go harder? Can we just put more bass on that guitar? Can we just get it to, just to rip? And he was like, sure, let's let's vibe it out. And that was kind of where, like, I put more of that metal sound in there. Like, even though maybe It's My Fault is really, really melodic, it gets pretty metal. Like, it gets hard. And so I feel like that dichotomy of that super soft melodic feeling but also like just slam dunking it with with the metal guitar just sparked inside of me i was like this is the sound this is the sound of my next album and this is really what i want to recreate and i think that dichotomy was really what pushed me towards making an album mm. i'm glad you brought that up because my next question is <laughs> literally about the vulnerability in your work which you actually don't see a lot of people put like as much vulnerability as you do in your work. So like I asked um, previously, what is that process between a song becoming a simple melody or lyric and then graduating to that full on like therapy session, at least for, for this album? When I was working just by myself without a producer, it was very, very different. But working with Chris, Every day, you know, it was a new thing. Like, he would never send me tracks and be like, hey, do you like this? Like, are we going to work on this in the new session? Are we going to work on this in the new session? That was never the case. Like, we always came into the studio and we created something from scratch every time. And to me, that is very, you know, it makes me feel like I have much more control over the process because with a lot of other producers, they have, you know, tracks already recorded or, you know, ideas already in the works. But we would sit down and he would pick up that guitar and we would just shoot the shit. And I would just be like, this is how I want it to feel. This is how I want it to sound. And we would just try a bunch of different things. And most of the time it wasn't in chronological order. Like he would play parts and I would be like, hmm, like that maybe sounds like a pre-chorus part or that maybe sounds like a bridge part or a breakdown. We would piece the guitar parts together like a puzzle. And then after all the guitar parts were in their spot, then I would start thinking about, okay, what do I want this song to be about? What does this make me feel? I would just start writing. And while I was writing, he would be, you know, trying out different drum parts and I would be trying out different rhythms. And me writing while while he's figuring out the drums was actually very amazing because the rhythm of the lyrics like completely informed the rhythm of the drums and to me I just feel like that's that's so important for for those two to be symbiotic and I don't know it just felt very free and just we were just painting and and I just loved that. Is it safe to say that this album kind of puzzle pieced itself together and you were just the conduit for that? Yo, 100%. And what's really insane is I was looking through my notes because I just keep all of my random demos there from like years and years. And in 2018, there was a note titled Coping Mechanism. And I went in there and I was looking, I was listening to these songs and I was like, yo, obviously this doesn't sound like the album I'm making now, but I knew I wanted to make this album. 
I knew coping mechanism was was something I wanted to do. And it's so interesting. I just knew it wasn't the time in 2018. I knew that coping mechanism needed to be something that I couldn't create at at that time. And it's just beautiful that that I had that vision so long ago and we got to really really create it like in the future word <laughs> very full circle <laughs> very full circle <laughs> or like there's like another willow that's like floating over you like i'm just gonna drop this here for now <laughs> exactly yo my higher self is definitely talking to me like oh it's crazy so back to the music um what pop punk rock or alternative music were you digesting before recording this project if you were listening to anything it's so crazy because I was listening to a lot of Radiohead and I was listening to a lot of like metal bands like Crowbar, Lamb of God. And that's what I'm talking about, about this like this really soft, melodic, spooky sound mixed with this hard, dark sound. Because, you know, Radiohead, Deftones, you know, has kind of that like very complex, melodic feeling to it. And that is something that's at the core of what I love about music. And I I always knew, like, I'm I'm never going to leave that behind. Like, that's, that's going to stay with me forever. But this, like, new, like, seven-string dark sound was something that I really hadn't explored before. And just putting those two things together, I felt, were just really, really important. Um, yeah, uh, Radiohead, Deftones, Crowbar. Recently, actually, I've been listening to a lot of Primus which has been informing a lot of, like, the new, you know, ideas that I'm having. And so, yeah, definitely, definitely in that vibe. I love that. That's so cool. I can just see you, like, hoodie on, like, rocking out, just like, ah! <laughs> yes, yes. But also rocking out, but also crying, too. Because Radiohead, <laughs> Radiohead really, really brings you into that emotional place. Speaking of crying, I feel like you have a very sacred relationship with crying and and maybe it's my fault the cover art and the video you're seeing with like these glitter tears and I stalk your Instagram now that we're friends <laughs> oh, same same I stalk yours we just love each other we it's it's good it's I good love you too babes but <laughs> sometimes you post these selfies with with tears like full-on like crying sessions and I'm like oh it's giving performance art but it's also like she's being very vulnerable here this is real life so what is your relationship with crying I like to tell people and show people like I'm in pain too. Like I was I was talking to one of my cousins after a show that I did in Philly not too long ago and I think something something went wrong with the sound and I was talking to the sound guy and I was super super just like down in the dumps like oh like I really wish I could have done my best. I really wish we all could have done our best cuz this just wasn't the best. And you know, she kind of expressed to me that like she thought that I was like happy all the time and that things always kind of went well and I'm like yo no <laughs> like no 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 like let's sit down let me tell you like this this is not always easy I'm so grateful to be able to do this and it's a beautiful thing but like sometimes it's really not great and sometimes I get really really sad and sometimes not specifically with music it just so happened that she saw it in a musical context but like yeah like I just had to express to her like bro like I'm human and you can always talk to me. Like, don't ever think that I'm like above it all because I'm really, really not. So I, I had to have that conversation with her and it was a great, it was a great bonding moment for us. Since we're talking about coping mechanism and, and coping mechanisms, I, I would assume, what is your coping mechanism for when things do go wrong? Because I, I, I think that in our culture, we're so used to like putting 
quote unquote famous or successful people on this pedestal of like, your life is great. You shouldn't have any problems. While I was making the album, I was going through a lot of heartbreak. And my coping mechanisms at the time were not healthy. Lots of weed, lots of alcohol, but also me being in the studio was my coping mechanism. Um, me making, the process of me making the album was my coping mechanism. I don't know, I feel like it's kind of ironic because my, I had so many. I had so many coping me- mechanisms and I couldn't, I couldn't really focus on one. But I will say that the music should always be the coping mechanism. And I've, you know, after making the album, I've been sober, I've been, I've been vibing it out and trying to get my emotional, emotional self back together and trying to find, trying to find more, more healthy coping mechanisms. Um, and I think, I think we're all on that journey. And I just want to, I just want to inspire people and let them know that they, they can find better coping mechanisms and it's okay to not be okay all the time. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the visual identity of coping mechanism because I feel like there's a lot of nuances in here that I'm not seeing people ask you about yet. So we're going to ask about it now. What is this textured like neon pink and, and blue and this interstellar black? What is that? So uh, when I listen to the album and I close my eyes, I feel like I see this album exists in a dark void, but just pops of neon color. Like while I was recording, I just kept on like seeing this vision of like this void, this black void, like even in the Maybe It's My Fault video where I'm kind of like far away uh, sitting in the windowsill, but there's like just void all around me. And also in the Curious Furious visualizer where like, I'm, I'm doing this motif where I'm like, I'm like a really bright, flame in just like a dark area and I feel like that was my psyche at the time like there was so much darkness around me like just in my mind and I felt like I had to work so hard to just like push these like intense bursts of color in order to just make make everything make sense Um, and I know it sounds kind of abstract and weird but that's the best way I can describe it and I really like that I'm kind of I feel like I'm kind of repeating a motif that is very, like, very indicative of just the emotional state. And I don't feel like my aesthetic has ever been this uh, consistent. <laughs> and I'm really, really just just happy about that. And it's kind of giving retro, but it's also giving futuristic. And I don't know, it's just, it's just a, a very authentic expression of my emotional state. Can we expect to see the same motifs in, I'm assuming there's going to be more music videos. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> yes, I, you're, you're going to see, you're going to see more of these motifs, darkness with, with just bright neon flames of creativity and um, even like just bright neon flames of anger, sadness, confusion, um, in the void of just like the unknown and me seeing that in kind of an abstract way. But personally, I'm so glad that 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 you thought it was cool because at first I was like, oh, like, I don't know if people are going to think like, are they going to are they going to think this is like uh, like a house music electronic thing? Like, I don't want people to think this is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want them to be very clear that that I'm still making rock music. But but I, I definitely wanted it to be slightly different. I haven't seen you explicitly say this, but I'm thinking you're kind of in your villain era. But in your own words, what era are you in right now? 
Yo, honestly, let's be real. I, I, I'm kind of in my villain era. Let's be real. I saw, I saw a, a meme that was like, no more character development because my character is going to develop into a villain. And I was like, yo, yes. Like, there's just been, you know, heartbreak. You can either take that as a signal to become better or you can take that as a signal to go into the darkness and I feel like I was struggling with that while making the album like yo I'm experiencing so much pain so much insecurity so much confusion and I'm really really reaching for the light hence the void hence the black void like I'm in the darkness but I'm really really reaching for the light and I'm trying my hardest but uh sometimes it's a we gotta, we gotta, we gotta let ourselves into the shadows. And um, I'm definitely doing some shadow work and expressing that part of myself. But I feel like it's still divine. Like, I feel like our darkness and our light should be honored equally. And if we don't honor them equally, imbalance starts to take place. Even though during that time I was imbalanced, I felt like it was necessary for me to know what kind of person I really want to be and how I really want to love and how I really want to hold myself and and get up when things aren't aren't good. I almost want to say you're like in a a dual kind of space where it's villain era but also goddess era cuz the goddess can be both things, you know? Yes, the goddess is the light and the dark. The goddess is everything and when we can really embody all of ourselves, we can do some real magic. So tell me about this tour. Yes, yes. So I was on tour with MGK, and that was such a beautiful experience. I hadn't played stadiums in, since I was, like, honestly 10, which was super, super amazing. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't done a stadium tour since I was 10. It was definitely crazy, and it brought back a lot of, like, childhood memories that I really had to work through. And not not a lot of them were positive, but some of them some of them were not very positive. And yeah, I had to work through that and it was super super beautiful to play these songs in such a big such a big place and see and see people really just like digesting it. I don't know. I I feel like I always thought of myself as not really a stadium performer, but I feel like I proved myself different this this go round. And these songs are definitely stadium songs. It was it was hard at first, but but then I then I really got in my groove and and got got in my confidence and I feel like I feel like I just really I was so grateful for for the whole thing and and it kind of felt like I was still on tour after I got off of tour because then I started going doing festivals and and then I went to the UK. Reading and Leeds was oh my goodness. Reading and Leeds blew my mind. It was, and then I, I actually did Curious Furious for the first time at Reading and Leeds, and the response was just massive. Yo, like, I don't know. It was just like everyone in the crowd, as far as I could see, was just like clapping along to this chorus and like 
just everyone being in unison like that was, it just makes you remember why you do it. Like, it makes you remember why you want to be a musician. And I, I definitely had to shed a tear for that. Are you going to be touring this project? Yes, I am. I So I've just been working so hard this year that I'm going to be doing only two shows. I'm going to be doing LA and Y, and I'm going to be doing the full album front to back. So if you want to catch it this year, you got to catch one of those shows. But then I'm going to be doing a full tour next year. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Definitely looking forward to that. And and what you do with the set design, I'm sure there's so many. Yeah, let's not even get in that because... <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm so, so excited to just mess with that idea with with the lighting and even the image of the guitar and the TV and everything that I can do with that um, on a live stage. Uh, I'm just I'm just super super excited. So is coping mechanism the opening of a chapter for you or do you feel like it's a closing? Wow. Um, that's a really, really good question. I think it's an opening because with every opening you have to leave something behind where you were before. You have to step through another door. And I'm stepping through a door towards the most creative, authentic, fully realized version of myself and trying to leave behind the old insecurities of of Little Willow. You know, I feel like our egos kind of attach to our traumas and most of our core traumas happen when we're when we're very young. And I feel like it kind of keeps us in a state of arrested development. Just just for me, um, I can speak for myself on that one. And I feel like I'm kind of letting go of those childhood, not fantasies, but I'm letting go of those childhood traumas and those childhood desires that aren't for my best interest and, and were grown out of an emotionally desperate place. And um, I'm just trying to grow up, like for real this time. That was Willow talking to the faders Jassy Williams Kirtley. Willow's new album, Coping Mechanism, is out tomorrow, October 7, by A Rock Nation. The Fader interview is engineered by Tony D'Ambroni. The executive producer is Alex Robert Ross, and the associate producer is Raphael Helfern. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you left a five-star rating and review. If you like listening to The Fader, good news. We're now on the new live radio app, Amp. You can download it from the App Store now. And keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye until then.